Would you like an opinion on a financial matter you're dealing with? Whether it's about retirement, investments, taxes, or 401ks, Scott Hansen and Pat McLean would like to help you by answering your call to join Allworth's Money Matters. Call now at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH. Welcome to Allworth's Money Matters. I'm Scott Hansen. I'm Pat McLean. Thanks for joining us. Yep. Uh, both myself and my co-host here, we're both financial advisors. We like to help people with, with their finances, make good choices with their money, um, save well, invest properly, manage their taxes, plan for their assets while they're both living and um, at, at when, the end. At the end, which no one gets out of here alive. Last I looked, not so far. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I'd love taking your calls to join us. You can join us by sending us an email at questions at moneymatters.com. We'll find a time to get you on, or you can call. 833-99-WORTH to get you on the number. 833-99-WORTH. Yes. And um, we're going to go to start right off of calls here in California talking with Lee. Lee, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Hi, Pat. How you doing? Good. Hi, Lee. Hi, Scott. Hi, Lee. I felt excluded Good. there for a minute. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> right, long time listener. First time caller. Great. Thanks for I joining us. I appreciate it. Thank you. Um we're looking at uh, next year, our daughter um, going to college, and we're just, I'm trying to prepare for that. And um, we're looking at 20, 25,000 uh, college costs to go to UC system, uh, hopefully locally. Um, and so I have a couple of funds that will help pay for that. And, and I'm not sure what, Priority. I should. How okay. should I pay for this? Is um, is do you have other children as well? Uh, just a daughter going to college. Uh, my okay. son. Uh, he's probably won't be going to college. How old are you? Uh, I'm fifty four. How old's your spouse? She is uh, forty eight. She right. just turned forty eight. And you, since you've listened to this show, you said for many years. You probably know the questions we're going to ask. So rather than go through that, why don't you just share the information? Because the sure. questions are um, almost always the same that we ask. Yeah, so I have about um, $45,000 of 529 dedicated for her college. We have about, I have $187,000 for my 457 that I could access as well, an additional Sixty thousand uh, dollars outside the fi- the four fifty seven as well. How's that? How's that uh, money invested? Uh, they're um, invested in the stock market one hundred percent. Okay. Uh, both both the five twenty nine. I believe that's on S and P, and then the other one's um, the VTA set stock total market index. From okay. Vanguard. All right. Yeah. And what other assets? Um. Assets, I have, we have about 800 in retirement accounts, and that's a combination of 43Bs, um, 457, and also um, Roth IRA. Okay. How much is in the Roth? Uh, Roth, I have about 150000 Oh. Yeah. All right. And, and what's your family income? We take home about 280 so I'm, I'm projecting next year I'll be 285. This year about 282. All right, and then and everything. And and you're putting the maximum into your 401ks and 403bs and 457s. Yeah, my wife is putting it, putting on the, her maximum. I'm mainly use, focusing on uh, as on the um, Roth IRA for myself, and then the rest we're saving it, um, saving it for vacation and. You know, um, college. And can and, you fund? So uh, you, once once she's in college, you'll no longer be saving for her college. Um, can you fund some of this out of current cash flow? I think so. Um, so I think we can. Um, and because we're looking at, she planning. You know, a couple hundred thousand dollars if she uh, she does uh, medical school. 
Okay. Okay. Let's let's yeah. uh, let's start over here for a second. Let's start over here for a second. Um, let's, let's, no wonder you're calling. Okay. Because <laughs> I'm first. I'm, first, I'm thinking this doesn't look like an insurmountable problem. Now yeah. you mentioned the medical. And did school. you put any money in your uh, other child's five twenty nine plan? Um, yes, but there's um. We have an able account for him, but that's really dedicated for him. Got okay, it. got it, so, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. Yeah. Okay, thank you, thank you. Um, and we don't need to dig into what that means. Uh, but we I understand. mean, my first, my first thought before you mentioned the medical school, I thought I if I were if I'm in a situation, I'd drain the five twenty nine plan first. Then I'd yes. probably look at some of the stocks. Yes, I would have gone exactly the same way. Um, although I would have done it a little bit differently, I would have done it simultaneously. He said he thinks it's going to be twenty to twenty-five thousand dollars a year, and I would have. But done, my guess is he can self-fund some of this, but unless that's right, yeah. that's right. I would have done um, a portion out of the five twenty-nines. Medical school throws a whole other wrench in it. I think. And how certain is she going to go to? Well, she's going to be a freshman in college. I would so. still use the five twenty-nine first. You're in a high income. Yes. I mean. Because you sell some stocks, the capital gain tax, you're at a pretty high tax rate on those. Um, where's yeah. a bump to the higher rate? On? Yeah, and, it's right and about there. I question why you're using the Roth IRA. You, you staying in California forever? Yeah, my our families are here, both my wife and my family. Um, so I don't see uh, us moving anywhere. We'll probably retire in California. Um, I mean, we're pretty happy here. So the education side of the, uh, uh, I I would use the, I agree with Scott. I would use the four. Because um, the stocks, I, whatever you got gains there, the challenge is California is going to tax it as ordinary income. The feds are going to give you a break at 15%, but. I do the, I would use the 529. And quite frankly, I think if you lowered your contributions to your wife's retirement plan and even your Roth IRA, you should self-fund this with just your 529. Plan. Do you have any pensions yeah. that'll come in at retirement? Yes, um, I'm with Gal Persh and my wife. She will also have um, UC Davis. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. This, 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 is is easy. this is easy. <laughs> this is easy. This is easy. Um, yeah. It, so it, what, and what percentage of your salaries will be made up in pension at retirement? Um, not, too, not too much. Um, I'm expecting... Probably with my pension and everything, just for myself, I'll probably be looking at like eighty thousand. Okay. Yeah. So, so we still need to factor in your retirement. Yeah, but I just got. We can't get to the medical school thing yet. Let's not borrow trouble. Uh, if by her junior year, uh, she says I am absolutely going yeah. to medical. So school. if I look at Lee, I'm your situation. I would on Monday morning. I would liquidate my five twenty nine and have that moved out of the stock market into cash. Okay, like right now, because no one knows where the market's going to be next year, and you're going to need that money. So and you don't I'd want use the volatility. These as the first dollars. Okay, and then I would actually self fund. I I would lower the contributions on the four hundred one ks if you have to. If I have to. If I have to, but I, I would have a taxes? tendency, I would have a tendency not to want to get into that brokerage account. Okay. Yeah. Cause you relative to your net worth, you don't have a lot outside of retirement accounts. Yeah. Given your. Yeah. So you've got more than enough money to do it. The question you had was where should it come from? And it should be self-funded, even if it requires you to lower your contributions to your retirement plans. And it's to use the 529 plan. Scott, do you Yeah, agree? but I also, I mean, I think. But you should I, obviously do, take losses. Doing, a, doing, a, doing an in-depth financial plan at this stage, I think would be helpful for you to look at when you're going to retire, what your retirement needs are going to be. And like, if you fund your daughter's entire medical school, what does that, how does that impact you? Does it mean you need to work a few years longer? Does it mean you have less money in retirement? Well, there's no question that, that there will be better decision-making uh, yes. doing a financial plan than calling <laughs> okay. two guys okay. on the radio that have never met you and have four minutes worth of information about you. There's no question that it, it'd be well worth your money to spend the 2500 yeah. or $3,000 or $4,000 to actually do a financial plan. Um, okay. but, but, but for 
an answer on the radio show it's self fund and use the and 529, 529 and go to cash immediately i would get go to cash in those dollars immediately i mean if you think about right. if you right before if if your daughter went to school right after the financial crisis or so right my, after 911 my daughter just started law school we picked up all the other 529 plans that, that we didn't use for the other three children we pushed them into one 529 plan and it all sits in cash or short term in a uh, short term bond would you also consider like taking like home equity? No, 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 no. I have be... a mortgage on your house now. Uh, yes, but we plan to pay it off in 15 years. Yeah. I, I would more, so, if she's going to go to, if she's going to go to medical school, I'd be more inclined to actually get student loans uh, to go to medical school. Yeah. All right. Right. Even if, and, and then pay them off after the fact. In her name, in her name only, and and don't worry about that till she goes to medical school. And then, look, when when she graduates from medical school, she if she goes and lives in, you know, small town middle America that doesn't have enough doctors, which they don't have enough doctors. There are programs that will forgive all of that debt by by where she decides to spend three or four years. Very similar to how the military does it with their doctors. Yeah. So So, hey, appreciate the. Appreciate call. the call and wish you well and congrats on having a. I know a number of doctors that became doctors through um, their time in the service. Yeah, my eye doctor. That's where he started. Yeah. Let's uh, continue on. We're talking with Jack. Jack, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Hi, thank you for taking my call. Yeah, looking for some inspiration or creative ideas. Okay, uh, my wife and I are planning on gifting about 500k to each of our two children to help with house purchases. And one is using his gift right now to help purchase a house right now. Uh, the other probably won't be several years before he's going to be uh, in the house market. And we're trying to figure out how to adjust the future gift to maintain some sort of equity. What sort of oh, interest rate would oh, you guys suggest? Got it. Got it. Used to value the second it's, child's gift. So your 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 plan is to say I'm gonna have, I want five hundred thousand of twenty twenty three dollars. Is that what you're thinking to yourself? Exactly. To go to, go to for each of my. Uh, yeah. My so family. what? So if your other son doesn't take it, other child doesn't take that five hundred thousand for six years, what would the equivalent amount of dollars be six years from now? Is that's what you're asking? Exactly. Correct. Exactly. So you're like, what, what, what? And then are you going, so my question is this, is this just for your own accounting purposes internally? So when this other kid goes to buy a house, you know how to factor it? Or are, are you planning on giving, taking money from your state today? No, this will be just internal. I mean, conceivably, if the second son decides to go forever, Without buying a house, it would be part of our estate. Okay. And, you know, 10 years from now or 20 years from now or something, what would be a, a okay. uh, equitable is, value? Yeah. I mean, one I, way, I would use the one, I would use the one year treasury or, uh, or, uh, or an interest rate that was today on a mortgage. Okay. Now that's something the way. Another way you can do it is, is you can look. I mean, you you can prepare something so that if should you die sooner than later, you've got a formula in place. But you can also just look at it five years from now. What happened with house prices? That would Particularly be, yeah. house prices in your first son. What was that annual increase? And that's that's a, what the other kid gets. Uh, we could make an argument for. I could actually. I like your idea better, Scott. <laughs> I mean, if you, if your goal but that, is, but that, but 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 that wouldn't be fair. That wouldn't be fair to the house prices because then that would that would. What happens if the house prices went down because it was a, a geography risk versus a mortgage risk? I would use a mortgage rate because this is in in lieu of the person getting a mortgage on their home. And I would use, yeah. I would or use, it's, they might still have a mortgage, just not as a very large mortgage compared that, to what they would otherwise. That's right. He, he's in California, and there's not a lot of. East California, these are horrendous mortgages. This is a nine hundred mortgage. And I, <laughs> I, I like the way you're. I like the way you're thinking. Um, I like the way you're thinking. Actually, and I got to tell you, uh, even in our own trust, we have set up uh, a program that actually values what goes to certain people based upon uh, an underlying interest rate. You could also you could also earmark. Depending on your situation, you could, I mean, you could actually transfer an account, keep it in your name, 
and invest yeah. it in a portfolio that's going to yield the maximum amount with five oh, years from now. Oh, but are you going to write? Are you going to write this into your trust? Yeah, yes, that'll be another. That's right now. Yeah, eventually we're going to end up doing that. No, yeah, yeah you so should. We get around to. Well, you should do it when you when you complete the gift to you, the one child. You should put it into your trust immediately for that. Yeah, that's exact. Yeah, that's exactly our plan. Is yeah, I would use four percent, and I'd use a I'd use whatever that interest rate was at the time that I gave the money to the first child for a mortgage. What interest? A mortgage rate? Yeah, six percent, six and a half percent. I don't wouldn't, wouldn't use that high. I'm more of an inflationary so rate. I think if you could put it at inflation, I think I'd fine. use four percent. We're not going to know until the future. Most likely, you'll be alive <laughs> to adjust it then, right? So, you—I mean, really, this yeah, is this yeah, is about yeah. an estate plan. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I, I would use four no, percent. I mean, we we definitely want something in writing in the trust. Understand? Right now, but no, I get that. I get that. But, what, but but in the in the future, assuming that you don't pass on, and child number two comes to you ten years from now and says, "Hey," and you say, "Look, uh, I gave your." Sibling five hundred thousand dollars nine years ago, and this is where interest rates were. Or this is what happened to housing. So you could buy the equivalent sized portion of a home for seven hundred and twenty-two thousand dollars. But what if home prices fell by a third? Would you still want to give him five hundred grand, or would you want to discount that? Yeah, some some sort of proportionate part of the total house price that's, that's right. what i like that's what i like i, I like the, i like where you're going jack you've got something in your trust should you die early that's going to uh, earmark dollars you need some formula yeah so it's five hundred thousand dollars at four percent compounded annually until the date of death or you could look and then you remove that once the gift is completed or you could yeah. put some regional housing you know, that would make yeah. it a lot more difficult. I assume <laughs> your estate is relatively large. It, yeah, we're in good shape. There. You're doing all right. Yep, I like that idea. I would, I'd, I'd use, I'd use two formulas. Um, I wouldn't worry about how much money I was going to give the child until it happened, and then in the trust, I'd put uh, somewhere in the four to five range as a as a compounding interest, and I'd write it into the trust the day, the day. That you yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. give the money to the other child. We're due to update it. It's been five years. And, uh, Perfect. As long as you don't procrastinate too long. With, well, know, that's funny, isn't it? Got updated, but <laughs> it's funny. Um, I mean, the majority of Americans die without a will, which we all know we're going to die. <laughs> majority die without a will. But I think a lot of it is we know we're going to die, but we're not going to die today. So we can do it tomorrow because we have other things we want to do today. I, actually, I, I I was talking to a friend. I'm about to go out. I'm about to go out for a bike ride, so yeah. Beautiful, perfect, perfect. perfect. Yeah, I talked to a, a friend Aren't of mine. In, are you, where in California are you? Uh, Silicon Valley. That's oh, little, so probably not, not, not so hot today. Uh, it's toasty. All right, it's not supposed too bad. to start cooling off the next well, couple of perfect, days. Perfect, perfect. Yeah. So, just out of curiosity, Jack, to where you guys are? So, oh. in, in Silicon Valley, while we've got you, so housing prices have have they come down at all in the last? Couple no, years? No, not not at all. Actually, the one if if you just for comparison, my the son that's about to buy the house just had two offers, or he's made two offers. The first one there were twenty total offers, and they took the top five and had him do a bid off. He wasn't in the top five, and then the second one. Is, and what did this house sell it, for? Uh, one it sold for about one point nine. And what was the house? Ask, ask, Describe the house to the rest of the listeners. And so let's see. It was it was three and two, small. Seventeen hundred square feet. And no, it's about. I think it was about thirteen hundred. And it was needed a fair amount of upgrades and stuff like that. How big was the lot? Like several acres. <laughs> um. <laughs> That was that. That was the, the local uh, town total acreage, I think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and how beautiful was the creek was running through the backyard? <laughs> so look at that. How much was it? You said one point. A, a small lot, right? I no, was joking. Thirteen hundred square yeah, feet. The, the lot lot was about six thousand square feet, and it was a three and two, sixty seven years old, needing a fair amount of upgrade and oh, man. fair amount of work. That is crazy. Uh, Asking price was one point five, and after after the five bidders, 
got done, I guess so the final price was 1.9. So, so things don't that, seem to be slow. That is down. amazing because this is in, in, this is the environment. Jack, do you have any other questions for us? No, we keep, all right. All right. thank you. <laughs> Thanks for calling. You know, it's bad. We're going to sit and have a discussion. With oh, this is crazy. So here's an, an environment, right? Think about the last three years and, and Silicon Valley locked down about as hard as anywhere in the country. Right. So yeah, California and then the Bay area, particularly and that County. So people are, are working remote. People are moving to other areas. That's probably one of the most expensive areas in the Clearly, for what you get, it's the most expensive area in California, if not anywhere. Right? Yeah. I mean, for what you get for $2 million. Um, but you, you would think that these people had figured out how to work remotely, and they move to somewhere else where they get a bigger house for less dollars. And if they have to go in a couple days a week, eh, they just go back and forth a couple days a week. But that doesn't seem to be the case. Here's a house, $1.5 million. Oh, there's just so much to unwrap here, Scott. There's so much to unwrap here. There's corporate cultures to unwrap. It's, do I believe that I'm going to move up the organization faster if I show up in the office four days or five days a week? If I'm visible. And if you have a house, if you live locally. And if I live locally. Three-hour drive. Like, am I really showing my commitment to the organization and the industry as a whole by staying in Silicon Valley? Do I want that connectivity to those movers and shakers in the corporate world? My answer is no. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just telling you, we there's so much to unpack here. It's it's um, but it's an issue. Well, the housing market is a surprise to many. Oh, it is. I was talking to uh, a gentleman. Uh, Myself included. Uh, a, a, a friend of mine. And he's a developer. And he was telling me when these interest rates. they And de- what do you mean by developer? They develop raw land. Okay. In California. So raw four land. houses. Four houses. That's been doing it for years. It's always never done. So what happens is. Something they, I used was a ranch years ago. Ranches. It's those big McMansion neighborhoods you see what they do is they go to large institutions what do you mean by mcmansion you mean like like a three thousand square foot house one on top of the other that's right okay three or four thousand square foot houses. yeah yeah. maybe even bigger than that and and planned communities bigger than 1300 in silicon Valley. yeah the planned communities and what they do is they're multi-year sometimes 10 15 20 year projects where they will go to institutions like pension plans and say, okay, this is the design for this ranch. We just bought, you know, 50,000 acres. Then and, they got to get the zoning. And they got to get, get the water. water right? and then they've got to get all the electricity, the infrastructure, yeah, the schools. It's not, it, it's a multi-year, but he's been in this one project for probably 13, 14, 15 years. Um, longer than that, 20 years. And, um, I was talking to him. I said, is this just the most amazing thing that you have ever seen with interest rates going up and all of a sudden new home prices in not just Northern California, but other parts of the United States just on fire. They're seeing it in Texas, Houston, uh, parts of Florida. And he said, yeah, we were, when these interest rates started going up and we realized that we thought they were going to continue to grow, go up. We thought that we were just going to have to kind of, you know, save all our powder, let all the investors know there wouldn't be any returns for quite some time and that everything had to just calm down. Exactly the opposite happened. Exactly. So all the investors with their economic know-how, I don't think many predicted that new home prices would actually not only stabilize but go up. And in part, it's because the secondary market – for homes, people aren't selling because their mortgages are so low. Dried up. Right? Their inventory is so low. Like, I wouldn't mind doing a move up, but I can't. I don't want to give up my mortgage. I have a $800,000 mortgage at 2.78%. And I'm not going to cash that in for a 6 or 7% mortgage. It just makes no sense. So what we're seeing is we're seeing rehabs on existing homes, 
which are they're not borrowing money. So people are actually like the Home Depots of the world are doing better than anyone would have expected. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. Which, by the way, is fueling part of this uh, the inflationary economy. Is that that's why the Fed? I I think the biggest lesson, though, Pat, for as from an investor standpoint, that's right. There's things to look at and say, how would you have predicted this? That home prices would continue to rise in a time like this when interest rates have essentially more than doubled. When historically, mortgage. it's just the opposite. It's exactly the opposite. And and so the point is, like, don't think you can outsmart the the markets in the future. It just that's a fool's game with and that's how you destroy your your finances. Long timelines. Long timelines. Long timelines. We're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we'll continue uh with the program. This is all worth money matters. Can't get enough of Allworth's Money Matters? Visit allworthfinancial.com slash radio to listen to the Money Matters podcast. Welcome back to Allworth's Money Matters. Scott Hansen. Pat McLean. Yeah, thank you for your part on the show. Yeah, so we've got a segment. We've run once or twice in the past, um, and it's called House Calls. I don't know why. <laughs> Well, you had this idea, Pat, for why don't we have people that have been on the program? It's from the old click and clack, uh, the Tappet brothers. Years, you've got to be really old to know these people. And they would call people up a week, months after they gave their recommendation on how to fix their car and ask, how did it turn out? I thought this, it was always interesting to me, to me because it, it's like. Because you love working on cars so much. No, <laughs> it was. Is was the advice taken, used, not used? How was it? Once we give advice on the radio show, I have no idea what happens to it. It goes into the ether, and um, so we've created this program called part of our segment called House Calls, where we actually get together with someone in the past that we had given advice to, and we ask them what happened. So, yep, last year we spoke to a woman named Linda. She's been a long-time listener to the show. Uh, she's not an all-worth client, but she wanted to know whether it makes sense to give an early inheritance to one of her two children, uh, basically her daughter, to buy a home in California. And here's a clip for that call. My husband is semi-retired, and he's collecting a pension of around 150000 He's also, he's gone back to work as a retired annuitant, and he's working part-time. And his pay last year was around 93000 Okay. And he plans to do this until he's maybe 70. How old is he now? So he, he's 62. Okay. So neither one of us is collecting Social Security at this time. Um, we have no mortgage on our house. And we both have long-term care policies. And do you work so outside our, of the home? Linda? No. Okay. We have financial assets of excluding our house of around four point one million. Mm-hmm. So we're thinking about giving our oldest child maybe a half a million. Is is that something that we should even okay? Do? Let, let's talk. Let's talk about this for a second. Um, and how old are you? I'm 63. And what's the value of the home? Around 1.4. And do you owe anything on it? Nothing. Okay, that's what I assume. So and my guess is you're not spend. Maybe I'm wrong, but my guess is you're not spending all the income that's coming in. You, that you're not spending. Right yeah, because right now you've got income of 240 uh, coming in approximately. Are you, are you living on all of that? Are you spending all of that? No. Okay. Of this four point one million, how much money is outside of IRAs? Outside of IRAs, yeah, four hundred one k. Two point six. Okay, is outside two point six. And how much of that is invested in cash, bonds, and or stocks? So tell me how much is in the cash or bond portion. Okay, in the equities portion, it's around seventy percent. In okay. in cash and um, bonds, it's around thirty percent. Okay. So we've got about uh, eight hundred and fifty grand. Is this something both you and your husband want to do? Is this something that one of you wants to do? 
it's something that I think I would like to do more because I think that why should they wait until we're gone to help them out that we can do now, especially in purchasing a house? Tell me about the second child. The second child, they're both, okay, both of our kids make good livings. Um, the daughter, she, she probably makes a little bit over 150. Okay. And my son, he will be making a good living, um, but he plans to maybe marry soon. And between him and his future wife, they'll be making a great living. Okay. So he won't need, he won't need the family well, inheritance. I, I know that. So it, does your daughter married? No. Okay. All right. So here's, and this would be for your daughter buying a house? Or your son? Yeah. His daughter, the oldest, not married. Okay. So, and how yes. old is she? She is 30. I like the idea. I don't have any problem with that either. I like the idea. Uh, here's the one thing I will caution you uh, only because I've seen it, and I know Scott has seen it multiple times. You give the check to your daughter, and you don't give the check to your son right away the same time um you're going to create animosity between either the two of them or your son and you i don't care if your son has all the money in the world it is a degree of fairness in their minds not always it can be but i don't i don't think that's always the case ben not in my experience that I, even my own kids, I've got I, like Christmas time. I never care if it's, it's not, it's not always even. Since you're I'm not here. talking about a half a million okay. dollars <laughs> <That's> though. <true. laughs> I'm talking about $50 gifts. I mean, even look, Scott, even when, you know, we'll get personal here. Even when I sat down with my kids this last December and we went through our estate plan and we said, here's who we think should be the trustees on this estate plan. If Mr. Hansen can't do it. And there was a, dispute over why aren't all four listed as trustees why are only one or two regardless of the fact that i said the trustee doesn't have any special powers okay it was just seen as a degree of fairness so in this numbers here i mean you could give it to your you could give it to your son and your daughter at the same time or i mean you could you could also gift a lesser amount to each Help your daughter get that house and give an annual gift after that to help pay down the mortgage. Which is an even better idea. Because she's got, sounds like she's got the cash flow to help make a mortgage payment. So what if you gave $200,000 and then you each could year? Do, yeah. Because when, yeah, each year you give a check to 30 grand to each whatever. one of them. So Linda's joining us now. Uh, welcome back to the show, Linda. Um, I have two questions. When did we record this? When did you originally call in and what did you end up doing? You know what? I really don't remember when this call was. I know it was sometime last year. Okay. And since last then, year. Yeah. My notes say yeah, last was, year in 2022. Um, yeah, it was last year. I think it was mid year. Maybe okay. May, June. And, and, and let me, let me tell you why I asked that question. Um, it, interest rates um, at the time were not nearly as high on a mortgage as they are today. Correct, and, yes. um, and as I was listening to the, the clip, I was thinking, would I give that same advice today where interest rates are or would it change? Um, and I don't know the answer to that, but it caused me to think that. So that's why I asked you when the call was, and it was when mortgage interest rates were lower. What, what did you end up doing? I gave, I ended up giving my daughter $500,000, and I also offered it to my son. But he has declined because he thinks that he and his wife can do it on their own. So that's a different story. Um, so she has been— <laughs> We're both started, looking at each other. I'm thinking, no, that's the story. <laughs> but that is the story. <laughs> anyway, that can, is the yeah. story. <laughs> Tell us what, 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 with your daughter. That, that is, we both stared at each other like— um, all right, so why would he do that? Well, you gave $500,000 to your daughter. Then what happened with your daughter then? Okay, so she started searching for a house 
last winter. And she thought it would be fairly easy, but it was not. It was actually quite hard because of the supply. Yeah. You know, the inventory was really low. And um, she wanted a certain size house. And she found out that the certain size house that she wanted was very competitive, very, very competitive. So she lost out on many offers. So she placed around mm, five, six, seven offers. And she lost out on all of those offers. So then she started rethinking, hmm, maybe if I look at a lower-priced market, I would be more competitive because I would have more of a down payment. And that actually worked for her. So in May of this year, she was able to purchase a house. But she actually had to – she overbid. She had to overbid by almost $51,000 to wow. get this house. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It's just yeah. what we talked about earlier in the show. And same situation, a family helping uh, yes. uh, their kids buying a house. Interesting. Interesting. Uh-huh. And so she's, she moved into the house. And are you gifting to the children on an annual basis now as well? Um, we are not. But for my son, I think that's what I'm going to do instead is to gift him, him and his wife, you know, the, the $68,000 a year from both of us. So that he has it, so that when he's ready to buy, he'll have the money, or he'll have, you know, um, some, you know, enough to buy. And what? And what? And he just flat out give us the that which is the, we said this well, the okay. story. It's a, it's a different story because he, he and his wife are physicians, so they want to do it on their own. I want to do it on my own, but with <laughs> someone else's help. <laughs> Um, I, I don't think he realizes how tough it is, especially since they live in Southern California and it's much tougher down there. Okay. And, um, you know, there's just a lot more money. I like there. your concept. So you're, you're going to do the annual exclusion amount that doesn't reduce your unified credit for your Correct. estate tax purposes. Uh-huh. Um, and then you can stop it whenever you think you've reached parity. Yeah. Correct. I think yeah. that's a brilliant idea. That's a, that's a great idea. I like so, it. So, you know, I, I I don't think he'll turn that down as long as I, you know, as long as we say, well, you know, you can do whatever you want, and then hopefully he'll use it towards the house. Yep, perfect, 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 perfect. Yeah. Well, it, Is there anything else we can help you out with why you were kind enough to yes, call back? Yes, I have another question. Okay, you, good. If you don't mind. Of course okay, not. So <laughs> I have an IRA account. And you probably won't like hearing this. <laughs> um, I had, it was mostly invested in one stock, which is, I know is a no-no. But I, I've sold off a lot of that one stock because it's at a very high price now, or it was a couple of weeks ago. So what should I do with that money? What was the stock? Microsoft. Microsoft. And and how much of the percentage of the portfolio is left in the Microsoft stock? Um, I would say still forty percent. Okay, and the reason I ask that, and by the way, it's it, it you know owning a single stock, you, 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 everyone's big boys and girls if they understand the risk in doing so. And you obviously understood the risk in doing so because you said you're not going to like hearing this. Yeah. Um, but. Um, and is a percentage, and of the it's portf- a real problem if somebody can't afford it. That's right. If someone could afford a decline or a loss or a wipeout, even in that stock, then that's their choice. It, where it's really problematic is when someone's their life savings is a million dollars, or planning on using that for the retirement income. They've got it in one or two securities. One goes south, and then there's that's that that is where an issue is. So you want to duplicate? You want something in that portfolio uh, that doesn't actually represent the tech sector, and it's highly unusual. But I think I would go with direct indexing um, in this portfolio, and would carve around um, the that that tech sector so that you get the rest of the representation of the a broader market. Or, or use some ETFs that exclude um, tech. That's right, and those exist too. So, and so would you dollar? Would you dollar cost average? No, you just you're already in equities. You you're in equities. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. 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 And but, you're not planning on spending these dollars anytime soon. 
No. Yeah. So I would all. what you I would go 100% equities, but try yeah, to exclude I would not as dodge, much tech yeah. as I could. Are you, Even though it's a lot of money, well, you would just throw it in one day. Oh, yeah. You took it out. How many days did you take it out over? <laughs> it's been I, in the market. I took it out over months. Well, so I would have advised at that time to, as it as as you reduced your exposure there, to take the proceeds and put it back in the market at that time. But still, like if dollar cost averaging works so well as a strategy, then as soon as your portfolio was fully invested, you'd move it all to cash and dollar cost average back in, in the next twelve or eighteen months or whatever formula you want to do it, and then you'd continue to do that. But it, it it's a risk mitigation tool. It's not a it's not designed to enhance yeah, returns. Yeah, what, what what you're trying to do is minimize the volatility in the marketplace. But considering you have had one stock and that stock was volatile the last couple of years, and you stuck with it, like I now you're worried about volatility. <laughs> no, that's what's fine. <laughs> <laughs> now you're mentioning it. Now I would just go all in. Okay. Oh, and you want to look for something that excludes as much tech as possible, either direct indexing and or. Um, either yeah. direct indexing. Okay. Well, yeah. thank you very much. Or All right. ETFs. All right. Appreciate okay. it. Thanks, Linda. Thanks, okay, Linda. Thanks a lot. Glad you this is really interesting, but we had two callers in this program that were both large chunks of money to help. And most Americans do not have that kind of capital to help their kids get a house. Most Americans don't listen to this show. That is true. In fact, the <laughs> okay. vast majority. In fact, even most. <laughs> okay. What? This but, show may, right, my, my Scott, my, Scott. This show may appeal to people with like, huh. clearly. My, my here's my my point is is it's not the not not the listeners. I, I think it's the it's the next generation, right? So, like Linda, I'm assuming her and her husband worked hard over the years, saved well, were disciplined in their savings. The vast majority of people call this program, Pat. That's right. Um. Most of them aren't making a million bucks a year. Uh, they're professionals. They've been diligent with their savings. They've taken ownership of their, of their lives. They were fortunate enough to not have any major calamities that derailed them. And they've, they've at a time in their life where they've got more assets than they need, some of the people is, and they're able to help their kids, the next generation, to get a house. What I'm saying is most kids, first of all, no one has a chance to pick their parents, right? You just, <laughs> like... It's it's going to be interesting the next 20, 50 years. The generational wealth? Correct. And it's it's so much more difficult for a young person starting today. Housing costs oh. not just homes, but just rent. Yes. As a percentage of their, uh, their earnings. Yes. Relative to what it was for even you and I. Correct. And it's, I mean, it's one of those things you kind of look at, like, this is not sustainable, this track we're on. Yeah, it will change. But the people that, you know, the reason I- Change how? The markets will reach equilibrium at some point in time. People will move to lower- Or individual home ownership for the average Americans. Will change. It's going to be like a lot of other European countries. So, Scott, I received this on my LinkedIn. I got a message from a a young lady, Miss Ellington. Um, which I, did you get one of these on your LinkedIn message? Uh, I wanted to connect and send a quick note of appreciation for your all worth money matter show. I discovered it yesterday on the radio. I did get this link. by yes. accident during my drive from the Bay Area to Oregon. So a long drive, and I ended up listening to nine hours straight. <laughs> Got that on yes. Spotify. <laughs> So I responded to her. Oh, thank you. Because uh, I did not. <laughs> I responded to her. Uh, glad you enjoyed the show. I usually show. can't get through my fan mail. Uh, okay. This is the only reason I'm reading it's it. It's the only one you the got. first one I've ever received. <laughs> glad you enjoyed the show. We really enjoy hosting. Please rate and share with your friends and colleagues. And then, by the way, eight hours straight, that's a record amount of time. But she's a young lady. That my point being is she'll do well financially over life because of her interest in money like this. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I mean, part of the reason we've done this for so many years is to be a source of education but, for but, people. So, but we give- We're it, pretty passionate about that. Oh, yeah. Give <laughs> advice to young people, old people, uh, people with money, people without money. That's, um, anyway, I don't know. It's hard. Gonna... What What is hard, Pat, is giving advice to someone at retirement age that doesn't have anything saved because there's not- 
much we can do for that person. Yes. It's like. Yeah. So just save, save, save. Yeah. All right. Let's go to the calls. All right. Let's, uh, we're talking with Ray. Ray, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Afternoon, guys. Hi, Ray. Thank you for taking my call. Yes. Thanks for calling. So uh, thanks to Bob Brinker, my wife and I purchased I-bonds from Treasury Direct. Okay. Starting in 2001. Uh, we invested about 110000 and the recent value is approximately 211000 Alrighty. The accounts are in our names, but our trust attorney recommended that we move the ownership to our trust to avoid any probate issues when we pass. I would um, agree. But in order to change ownership, Treasury Direct requires a form be completed with a signature guarantee from a financial institution. Medallion okay. guarantee? Yes. It doesn't have to be a medallion. It does have to be a financial institution. Okay. Okay. So I discussed this with my bank. Uh, can I name the bank? I don't sure. Care. <laughs> Chase Bank. Okay. And they said their corporate rules did not allow them to do a signature guarantee. Well, it makes sense. Uh, really? Yeah. And. So I'm ticked well, are you, off. <laughs> are, you a, are you a customer of theirs? Oh, I've been a customer for over 30 years. Uh, Do you have a brokerage account anywhere? A relationship uh, with a firm like that? Fidelity, Vanguard, um, local one. I, yeah. It, actually, I did. Yeah. And the local... Uh, Edward Jones, I contacted them. Oh, they wouldn't do it either? And they wouldn't do it either. They wouldn't do it either. And you have an account so, with them. As we're surprised, you know, it's funny. We're both surprised. Then we're like, I wonder what Allworth's policy is. I don't know is. what it is either. <laughs> I know what it used to be. <laughs> yeah. yeah, when we were a small organization. Yeah, we, it's a risk <laughs> mitigation thing. Yeah. And why, yeah, why are they, how much, how, it's 220,000. What percentage of your overall portfolio is this? 220 grand. 211. Or 211. It's small. It's a small portion. Yeah, I got to tell but, you. But I, I don't want to leave uh, a hassle to my kids. Understand. You know, I, I got to tell I go. you, I if if I wouldn't. But to, for, well, for one thing, and I don't know how you're, and I'm not a state plan attorney, so I don't mean to be trying to get, uh, practice law. I, I state that because I've been threatened to be sued by a state plan attorney because we don't. <laughs> but, um, but oftentimes in, in an estate plan of a larger estate, one will leave some assets outside of the estate in the event that there's some claims that arise. And then the pour-over will picks it up and puts it back into yes, the estate. Then there's a pour-over will that puts it in the estate. I mean, but, and so how many different people have you asked for this signature guarantee? Well, I called around and I called a lot of banks and they said, yeah, we we will sign it, but you've got to have an account that's been open for, I think the minimum was six months. Got it. Yeah, that makes um, sense. It's just for money laundering purposes. I did find uh, El Dorado Savings local bank said ninety days. So we have we now have an account oh. at oh. El Dorado. Okay, but you found a solution. It, it, to so me, what's your question? To me, this this whole thing is ridiculous. That Treasury Direct requires a you know a financial institution signature. Oh, so it's why a can't they dem why can't they demand that the fina all financial institutions give a signature right. Oh, well no, well, look, look, and, and when you say that, I don't know what our policies are on signature guarantees. Look, anytime someone opens an account with a financial institution, there's some background check to make it which for money laundering purposes, for foreign en yeah. entities, all you know, there's just lots of uh, knowing your customers. So I, I mean, I can understand if a financial institution doesn't have a relationship with somebody saying like, we're not going to want a signature. Guarantee. I'm not going to guarantee who you are. Yeah. I just met you. But, but I don't, I don't understand why a, a, a large, but, the, but you, I think the question you're asking, you're trying to put logic to government, the, the government, they don't design things for customer service in mind. That's not how they function. But I'm of an age where, I don't want these hassles. Well, okay. then get it out of Treasury Direct and put it in a brokerage firm. Uh, I guess I could, but yeah. it's paying pretty darn good interest. No, you no, no, you keep, you keep the you, tips. Yeah, you keep the you keep the asset. Just put it in a brokerage account. Oh, I could move this one hundred percent fidelity. Yes, if you already have a brokerage account, just it makes it even easier for your heirs. And they're I bonds. Okay. 
Are these savings bonds or are these treasury? Wait, wait, wait. No, these are tips. Treasury Inflation Protection Security. They're I bonds. What are these? They're I bonds, not tips. Oh, they're savings bonds. You can't. You can't do it. They're savings bonds. That's what I thought. Yeah. They're savings bonds. I was thinking they were tips. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. There you go. What do you mean? There you go. What do I do? You you just did 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 it. You did it. You're going to get the signature guarantee. You go to Eldorado Savings, whatever you said, and be a nice customer, bring the ladies cookies, and then um, (laughs) get the signature guarantee. I I think you'd do a service to your uh, many, many listeners to say, make the change now. Don't wait until you're getting up there. (laughs) Oh, look, there is. uh, Yes. Getting one's estate in order we talked about it earlier in the show is really really important i had a friend that's going to greece and he said well i just updated my trust because like, i'm going this? to greece and i'm like you're gonna get shot in greece? I, i'm like what? the plane gonna go down <laughs> what, what, what is that? all of a sudden the that's chances of you dying go. Yeah. Uh, go up significantly anyway appreciate the call yeah, right thanks right that's funny i guess uh once well, yeah. you've seen clients saying well i'm gonna go on vacation so i think i should update my trust i'm like it's Sariova? Well, no, I'll say Sariova. That's a few years ago. <laughs> I know. What, what sort of <laughs> landscape are you going to that your chances of dying? I usually say, I think that's a great idea. Because if they haven't updated it, I'm not going to mock them because their statistical <laughs> chances of dying on vacation are so small. Okay. <laughs> I don't think you would mock them either. No. <laughs> I mean, you think. I think to myself. <laughs> you judge them. <laughs> this gentleman that was telling me that, I said, that's a good idea. You did? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. And you did? But internally, you're judging and that I'm person. like, what, what are they talking about? Look, whatever it takes to motivate somebody. Um, and right? some people don't like flying, and they're afraid, like, what happens if something happens uh, when I'm over the Atlantic, <laughs> plane goes down. I must say, I don't like it when I'm over the Atlantic either. And you know, bad turbulence or something, you're like, amazing these wings don't just fall right off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> don't you think that? <laughs> anyway, we're out of time. It's been really great being with you. Hey, if you haven't uh, given us a review, uh, please do so wherever you're getting, uh, wherever you get this podcast. And if you think this is helpful, share it with a friend or family member. All right. Uh, we'll see you next week. This has been Allworth's Money Matters. This program has been brought to you by Allworth Financial, a registered investment advisory firm. Any ideas presented during this program are not intended to provide specific financial advice. You should consult your own financial advisor, tax consultant, or estate planning attorney to conduct your own due diligence.